Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Had a bit of a delay there, John. Uh, okay, so <laughs> uh, today we're going to be going over Chris Pine joining Dungeons and Dragons. We have some Among Us news joining some new consoles. We have Overwatch's Winter Wonderland that I'm excited for. Riot's got some big news on a new game they're developing. We also have a little bit of a Mandalorian Season 2 review. And then we're going to be talking about um, basically your favorite childhood gifts from either Christmas or Hanukkah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's really cool stuff. We, uh, we had uh, the Twitter people jump in on this. So we're going to be reading off the Twitter responses to that, too. So it'll be really cool. Uh, first off, Charlotte, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Uh, so lately, I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origin, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to play other Assassin's Creed games after this. And I didn't realize what a big game it is. It's a pretty large map, so it takes a lot to get through. But uh, I like it. I only play, you know, like most games, I get into like an hour at a time or so. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, lately, I've been watching uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Such a good new season. And... Uh, trying to get caught up with Mandalorian. I still think I'm an episode behind, but it, either way, we'll still okay. do the I'll try not to spoil anything season. then. I don't want to, I don't uh, want to spoil it for people who right. haven't seen it yet. Cause I mean, nah, we were on discord, you know, everybody, you guys are welcome to join our discord, by the way, it's a place where we could talk about geek stuff all the time, but I'm the only person who's like up to date and ready to like, so let's talk about all the big spoilers. And everybody's like, hold on, hold on. I got two more to go. Like, what are you guys doing? Do you not wake up Friday morning and turn it on right away? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing, uh, we have Shadowlands. I've been playing a lot of, um, Holy. and, uh, we just we did another D and D stream last night, which really went well. Uh, that I, I that's one of the like because we'll at the next week we're gonna be talking about like the best of twenty twenty, which I know is gonna be a short list, and what we're looking forward to twenty twenty one. We're also gonna be talking about whatever some of our things we appreciate about twenty twenty. Trying to put a positive positive spin on the year as a whole. One of them is that we finally started D and D, something we always wanted to try, and uh, that's been really going good. And so we had another session last night. You guys can watch that stream. It's also uh, in the archives. Um, <clears throat> watching wise, uh, catching up on Orange is the New Black. I've been trying to finish that. I've tried to finish up my you know Netflix list, kind of empty that a little bit. Uh, and Star Trek Voyager, rewatching Voyagers, uh, which is always good. All right, uh, this episode is sponsored by the Geek Freaks Shop. You guys could head to our shop and buy shirts, hats, uh, the masks, guys. Until you guys get your vaccines, you should be wearing your masks. The masks we always sell at cost, so we actually don't make any money on those, but we do really suggest you guys buy masks. Um, everything that's there. We noticed that we are selling shirts, you know, people are buying shirts and stuff like that for the Christmas season, which is fantastic. Um, make sure you guys post those on the social media so we could like celebrate with you that you guys got your new shirt or that you bought a new shirt for yourself. It'd be really good. Uh, we are going to be doing a New Year's giveaway. We're giving away three Geek Freak shirts. Uh, check out our Twitter. We're going to be putting up a post about that. And then if you guys retweet it or like it, retweet and like it, uh, you're entered in and then you can get a free Geek Freak shirt. It'll be pretty great. That'll be our New Year's contest. Uh, but yeah. All right, uh, let's head into the news. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, Chris Pine is joining the Dungeons and Dragons movies. This thing's been in development for a long time. Jonathan, what are you? How are you familiar with that Dungeons and Dragons world? I'm really not, just from yeah. a little bit in TV and movies, but I've never yeah, tried to play it. Yeah, it's tricky because it's kind of one of those things where I mean, it's up to the it's up to the user, right? Yes, there are like set books and adventures you can follow. I I mean, it's rare that anybody actually does. Uh, you're actually much more likely to get into a thing where your D your dungeon master invented the entire world, um, and and there are Star Trek D and Ds, there are Star Wars D and Ds, alongside you know dragons stuff like that. I have a feeling they'll probably stick with some of the classic old adventure books uh, for this movie, 
But Chris Pine's a great uh, actor. Of course, he played Picard, or, um, sorry, Kirk in the movies, and then he's in Wonder Woman right now. Uh, how do you think he is as an actor? Do you think he'll do good in like a fantasy type role? Yeah, I mean, I think he's done good in the past. With I mean, I, I like him in, in Star Trek. And, um, I think he's the kind of actor that plays himself really well. So as long as the character's made well to match him, I think is, is a good fit. He's not, I don't think he's like a Tom Hanks where he can disappear into a character. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think he's a good actor overall. As long as it's a good fit, you know, the directors and producers would... Uh, wouldn't cast him if it wasn't a, a good fit. I'm sure he's not yeah. cheap. So I think he's going to do really well. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, of course, it kind of uh, rose to popularity with Stranger Things because it was based off of D&D. And if you guys check out on, on the Stranger Things YouTube channel, they just put it up. Uh, they got the cast together, all the kids together with Hopper. And I don't know who the Dungeon Master is. I think it's one of the directors. They're playing a D&D match together. And uh, their campaign is trying to save Christmas. So check that out, guys. It's got the kids in there. It's really cute. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, we got Stranger Things Season 4 coming up next year with Hopper and Russia and stuff like that. That'll be really neat. So that's on our YouTube channel. All right. Next up, we have Among Us. John, are you still playing Among Us with the nieces? Uh, yeah, from time to time. Yeah. Not, you know, hardcore, but. Yeah, it's, of course, still rising in popularity and it's gotten onto the consoles now. Uh, it first came onto the Switch. That's available now. So you guys can play on the Nintendo Switch, which I think is a really good place for it. It really ha- is mobile friendly. Uh, we just talked about last week how there's a new map coming to it, the airship map. It's really cool. And then we also see here that it's coming to Xbox. It's on the Game Pass, so you guys will get it free with the Game Pass. It's already available on Game Pass for PC. It'll be available on the Xbox Series X and Xbox One next year. So you can get your uh, Among Us on. I wish I was better at that game. It's so, it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm so bad at it. And it's so irritating how simple it is. It's hard. And it's it's funny because the girls get so like hyped up and excited and like, Oh my God, it's green. I totally saw the event or something yeah. like that. And they're like screaming in their room. And it's like, it's so exciting for them, which, right. you know, we can relate from a more engaging game that's exciting for us. So it's fun to see them really like I wish a game I could, that like, is. Just say, like, go play Minecraft instead. It's a better game. Like, it's a better, you know, supported and made game. I got to tell you, though, Animal Crossing. Melanie has been showing me. She's so excited to share with me her, her island and how she's decorated it and how she found this and she deals with these people and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, this is just a simpler yeah. version of Minecraft. Once you get bored with this and you're a little older and have more time to, you know, invest or whatever, you are going to get lost in Minecraft. You're going to love it. So, yeah, I've been encouraging her, like, you know, look forward to cool that. It would be cool for her to know, play Minecraft and we have to, we get the service of that so she could play um, with the whole group and get into the dragon type of thing. Because there's Minecraft where you're trying it on your own, you don't really progress. Yeah. And then there's Minecraft where you're like, all right, we're going to go kill the dragon. We're going to actually find the three we're skulls friends. and stuff like that. that. That's a lot of fun. And there's a new bad guy, too, coming up soon. So be really Yeah. Fun. So someday I'll probably get my own server. And because uh, I know she has a close friend that plays. So at least she can have, you know, ha- mm-hmm. however she wants it to be on her server. And That's her friends idea. can join yeah. and play together yeah. and stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we have the Overwatch Winter Wonderland event. I need to play this. I keep putting Overwatch off and it's terrible. Uh, it's going on until January 5th. Uh, there's the new four verse four. It's called freeze thaw elimination. And the way it works is you're basically, I think you're throwing snowballs if I remember correctly. Uh, you're freezing people in place. It's like freeze tag. Your friends can come over and thaw you to free you out. Instead of it not you dying, you actually just freeze. So they can thaw you out. And, uh, and then you're able to continue going. So it's really fun. It's, it's kind of a lighthearted way to go. Um, and then we have some really awesome skins. So we got penguin may. Toybot, Zenyatta, 
uh, Lumberjack, Torbjorn, Conductor Reinhardt, which is the one I want with the Conductor Reinhardt, super bad. Ice Empress Mora, um, Moria, Moria. Uh, anyways, um, I play her a lot. I don't have a name. Uh, so you guys can buy you guys can buy those through through like the loot boxes and stuff like that and unlock them if you have the the currency. But the freebies, the ones you get for just having the nine wins each week, Elf Junkrat, which one this comes out, I think that one's going to be expired, but yeah. Uh, Gingerbread Anna, and then Frosty Roadhog. The Frosty Roadhog looks super good. So there's some really great skins this year. They really killed it. Uh, are you going to be playing any Overwatch, Jonathan? Yeah, definitely. I, d I haven't played it like you. Like, I haven't played it in so long. But the Elf Junkrat, I like playing as Junkrat, so I got to at least get in, hopefully today, and try to get that one. Yeah, I need to play it too. Uh, Squeaks as well. Whenever me and Squeaks play together, uh, we do pretty good because we have the healer tank thing going on. Uh, maybe we'll get together a group and actually like dive into this and we'll stream it. Uh, I I'm definitely down. It's just been too long. And then I don't I don't like to miss the events because they're really fun and there's those unique skins and the, the conductor Reinhardt. It looks so cool. It's like Polar Express. Like he's got the whole train like armor pads and stuff like that. It looks really dope. Uh, so I definitely got to check that out. Uh, all right, next up, this is probably the most exciting news for me this week. Uh, Riot is making a League of Legends MMO. Uh, this news comes from Ghostcrawler. His name's actually Greg Street, but everybody knows him as Ghostcrawler. Uh, Jonathan, I know you're not familiar with, with um, Ghostcrawler, right? Okay. So he's the guy that kind of used to be in charge of World of Warcraft back in the early, early days. So he has experience with MMOs, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, he was brought on in 2013 as a lead game designer for uh, Riot over League of Legends, and then we found out that he's been working on this MMO. And uh, he, he put out a tweet and he says, my recent job at Riot has been uh, to help develop a League universe. This is one of those things that back when I played uh, a lot of League of Legends, we always were talking about like, oh, it'd be so cool to see Demacia, actually see these places. Uh, you've played League of Legends in the past. Would you want to expand that world at all? Yeah, I mean, I think if it has, I mean, obviously it has a huge fan base. People like it. I think the reason people like it so much is the platform and the or the yeah. the way the game is played. Uh, but I'm sure majority, like us, majority of the people that like League of Legends also like World of Warcraft and MMOs. So just to take the characters from one world and pretty much, you know, plant them in another, you know, an MMO is only going to be so different from others. So it's just it's the the way the game is played that's really being changed. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think it'll have you know a lot of following. I'm sure a lot of people will at least try it out, and if they put you know the effort into it, the money into it, and the time into making it just right, then of course you know people are gonna love it. Yeah, I I think you're right there. We're gonna have a lot of people moving over. I remember that there was a lot of crossover in between the two. Uh, I mean Blizzard basically copied League of Legends to make Heroes of the Storm, so there's definitely some crossplay there. Uh, and and the important thing here is. There's a lot of lore behind League of Legends that people don't, especially the newer players, don't know or remember. But back in the day, they used to release like a weekly, I think it was weekly, uh, paper, like newspaper that was written by a character in the world that was kind of giving you the updated news on what's going on with Noxus and Demacia and their war and stuff like that. And it was so much content that, I mean, I remember very well, like me and, and Tabby would like, were excited when the new newspaper came out and we would read what was going on. And it was really, it really read really well, like articles and stuff like that of like, bombing in Demacian uh, camp and, you know, whatever. is really cool like that. Um, and so they have a lot there. They can really make a lot out of it. I'm excited for that. Um, so, you know, can we get these multiple factions? I mean, that's the thing. is I'm thinking of, like, two major factions, but there are actually, like, 16, 17 factions in the game. How do you do that? Are you going to make a horde and alliance? What are you going to do with the factions in this game? 
I think that's even better. Better than having a horde in the alliance, yeah. a, a blue versus a red, or a you know, Democrat, Republican kind of thing. It doesn't have to be split down the middle. Have it like multiple you know, countries on one continent. They're like you're playing yeah. risk. You're not playing checkers. So you have, you know, you can be a dark elf and you're not with the dwarves and you're not with the humans or, you know, whatever. There's so many different classes and, and, uh, right, right, right. Different types of people that you don't have one side versus the other. It's very diverse. And that's another thing too is, yeah, we're probably going to have classes and roles. So you probably have some melee and ranged because of course in league, it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a top, I'm middle, mid, I'm carry, you know, whatever, 80 carry. Uh, so we're probably going to have something like a range where you'll have, uh, it has to be able to fit like your Ash character in there and stuff like that. So when I'm playing somebody in League of Legends, I can say like, oh yeah, this is a rogue. That's what Master Yi is. He's a rogue. Something like that. So it's going to be weird to see how these worlds meld. You know, an MMO is such yeah. a different world than, than, uh, um, a MOBA. So it'll be weird to see how they're going to do that. I'm excited for it. I trust Ghostcrawler. Greg Street has never done me wrong. So, um, it'll be mm -hmm. exciting to see what they can do. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big project. And I wonder, will it be, will you be playing the same characters like you do in League where you, you join and you're that person the way it was made originally? Yeah. Or will you be editing your characters like you do in WoW where it's a RPG, you're, you're changing you know, the That's character That's a to super match good you. point. So, uh, it, you know, of course, Riot's owned by Tencent so that you you expect this to be an Eastern MMO, but Greg Street's best known for his Western MMO work. So. Will you get this, you know, subscription-based game where you have questing, you make your own character, and it's really based off of you, like you would expect in a Western MMO? Or will you have, like, a Genshin Impact? Really great game, but you were playing, like, designated characters already created that just fit in the world. I actually kind of think it would be easier just to play as Master Yi or to play as, you know, Bastion, not Bastion, but you know what I'm saying. Um, it would be easier for them to do. But I don't know. That, that opens up a whole new thing. Mm -hmm. I think they see that in, in the way League of Legends was made in that way where you play a pre-made character, it opens up the avenue for yeah. like competitive gaming versus if you're building your own personal character, you have a very long story, a long developed personal relationship yeah. with that character in that game, but it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship, not you know anybody can plug into that person and be that person for the time of the game. It's not everybody learning you know how to play baseball with the same bat and the same ball. It's everybody, you know, painting yeah. their own masterpiece kind of thing. So I think that that is a huge difference between uh, how the, the game might be made. Yeah, we'll have to follow up with this. We're going to keep you guys updated as much as we can. Uh, Greg Street, he's always been really active on uh, Twitter. So check out Ghostcrawler. Uh, he has like a little crab because that was kind of the gimmick back in the day. It's a crab as his uh, logo. He works at um, he works at Riot, but he also does a lot of interviews about his days back at Blizzard. So it is really good to always... Follow these developers and see how the project is done. Um, he's a good one to follow on Twitter, guys. All right, next up, let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077 and their many, many, many problems. We we slammed them pretty good last week, talking about all the bugs. Uh, and I remember when we were about to put up the episode, I was like, man, people really like this game. They're not, they're not going to like this review, but I mean, we're not going to lie. It was a bad game. It isn't a bad game uh, just because you can't progress and your dick's always hanging out. So what are you going to do? You know? And now I found, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. They still haven't fixed that bug. It's still, you know, anyways. Um, and then, of course, Squeaks' big problem is that he doesn't have a dick on his character. He's like, I remember putting one on. I just don't know where it's at. So, yeah, it's all kinds of crazy problems. Uh, so I was worried about this. Cyber, you know, these bigger companies were giving this thing like a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10, just crazy numbers. 
Uh, and then we gave it a, 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 a C, a freaking C. And then sure enough, as people are playing and they're starting to experience these bugs, it becomes the norm of how bad this game is. And uh, have you heard about all these different problems that this game's been having, Jalen? I haven't. Actually, what's funny is our, our other brother, Miguel, listens to every episode and was telling me about how funny it was hearing Squeaks, you know, ranting about how his character didn't have a, yeah. a dick and all this stuff. Uh, but I I haven't heard reviews about the game. I haven't tried it myself <laughs> yet. So uh, that was kind of the first I ever yeah. heard that there was so many bugs with it. I didn't know uh, Miguel listened to episodes. Kind of That's good. Um, yeah. So many of problems. Finally, <laughs> finally. You know, Cyberpunk had their their apology they put out there. It's just a regular message of like, oh yeah, we're gonna come out with patches, yada yada yada. What do you what do you feel about a company coming out and apologizing so late afterwards about about these many problems? Well, so first I appreciate the apology. They should. If a company comes out and makes a bad product, they should apologize to their diehard fans right. who were super pumped about it and saw all the promotional stuff and you know went out and spent the money. But at the same time, how did you not test this? Did you guys rush this to get it out before the holidays you know it, it seems like you kind of um do what you want and then you know right. tr try to rush it out and then just ask for forgiveness afterwards if you were doing that knowingly that you knew you're gonna put out an inferior game that people are gonna be upset about that's an epic fail that's you know bad pr yeah, well bad reputation too. for you guys um but yeah but if you know sometimes there's some things that are overlooked or whatever i get that but i mean we have, you know, the gaming industry is huge now and you put a ton of money into developing a game and testing a game. You know, we've been beta testers on different games before. Like, you know, there's a lot of bugs that you find and they get worked out and then the final product is a whole lot better. So, yeah, to release things like that that are so blatant. Like if I get like an old Halo game, you find a certain spot where you can set off a grenade yeah, yeah. and you get locked inside the wall or whatever. That's yeah, different. It's more if exploit. it's not something that's affecting the whole game, but you're, yeah. If your whole game is, uh, you know, defective in certain ways, then that was just poor planning, poor production, and just uh, a fail on, on their end. So I think they should be offering a refund, a credit of some of some uh, amount to everybody, and like free skin packs, free mod packs, or whatever yeah. uh, other stuff they can add in to help sweeten the deal, because this is a pretty epic fail. That's kind of become the common thing, where people are always like, uh, oh, yeah, well, we're going to give you guys a free skin and stuff like that. Here's some extra in-game credit and stuff like that. Um, this game in particular, so it took seven years to develop this game, okay? That's just, we've we've known about this game. They've, they've announced it like 2013. I mean, it was so long ago, so it's pretty nuts. And then this year in particular, like, we understand you guys need to delay games, but they're delaying this game multiple times, and then they even implement Crunch, which we've talked about in the past, to like, get this game done. There were people who were working on the Saturdays and stuff like that in extra hours. And they still had to delay it again. So it's like, why did you implement Crunch? Do you think they should have just delayed this game again instead of it coming out and house having all these problems? Yeah, I mean, if you have to delay it another year, delay it two yeah. years, people don't want an inferior game and they don't want you to abuse your employees to get a good game out. So take the time. I, I get there's a, a ratio, a relationship between investment and, and profit. So if we delay it another year, then, hey, you know, your $60 game is going to have to be, you know, $70, $250 or something like that. Hey, if the game right. is worth it, the game is worth it. If it's not, then you guys mismanaged from the beginning and did not plan your steps of development properly. Um, so it's, it's your fault and you need to sell it to the 60 bucks and only get the profit you get. Or find other ways around that and market more your, yeah. your aftermarket skins and stuff like that. But 
uh, yeah, I think that's just mismanagement, poor planning. One of the big problems with these games is just so ambitious. They they were promising the world. They they said, oh, it'll be you know this game that's all about elevation and stuff like that, and they it was just too much. The game was too much for for what you know what they promised and what they delivered. And, and then when they released it, they didn't plan on people playing on the original Xbox One and the PS4s. But that's so silly. Why are you going to make a game that's for the PS4 and expect everybody to have PS4 Pros or Xbox One and Xbox One S? You know, they expected everybody to have the up up to the date systems. That's just silly if you're going to release it on those systems. Um, so. I think, you know, CD Projekt Red, the developers behind this game, just botched it super bad, and so do PlayStation and Xbox now. Uh, Xbox has uh, been issuing refunds. If you guys want a refund, they've extended the refund window now. You guys could just, you know, submit for a refund and get it back. PlayStation gone one step forward, further. Not only are they offering refunds, but they actually removed it from the PlayStation Store. You cannot buy this game from PlayStation anymore until it's fixed. I have never seen this out of a AAA title. Do they set a precedent for their store? Now is this going to be something that people are expecting? What do you think? Yeah, actually, I really like that concept. That makes so much more sense. Uh, if you have a convenience store, you're not going to sell products that you don't... Well, you might, You whatever. You should sell products that you have tested or, or agree are good for your customers. So the, the Ubisoft store and Steam and all these other ones and PlayStation or Sony, uh, they should be testing and rating and you know confirming that yeah. these games are good from their perspective before releasing them under their stores i get that might hinder yeah. sales but imagine if this game was tested beforehand and they went ahead and put it on the store but they gave it like a two out of five stars everybody that looks at it's like oh dang why did sony give it such a low rating the other games that i really like you know got four or five stars from sony but yet this one's really low at least they go in with the expectations there might be some major and there could be a note in there saying it's you know bug issues or things that need to be, you know, whatever the specific defects are. But yeah, they'd go in there with a low bar and then not be so disappointed. So what you're saying is you 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 want a company side re uh, review of the product, not necessarily a user review of the product, right? I think there should be a review of the product from the companies that are selling. Right. Okay. I see. So Xbox has their review of it. That'd be interesting. I wonder how yeah. that would affect the business side of things. Like, uh, you know, you're obviously going to sell the game. So it would be very tempting. That's the reason I think that you have users do it instead. It'd be very tempting to kind of review something higher so that people, more people buy it so you make more money because they get, you know, whatever, 40% of the profits. Um, there's that. Yeah, it, that would be really tricky. That's a tough one. I was going to say those companies doing the reviews will also be associating their credibility with it too. So, you know, if you, if you, you know, read the Xbox reviews on games and they're always pretty accurate, then you're going to trust them. But if you... You know, if they're getting five stars on games that really suck, then you're like, I can't even trust Xbox games anymore. I'm just going to yeah, buy yeah. PlayStation games from now on. Uh, and then, uh, do you think that they're going to have fans now demanding that they pull other games from the store? A good example is on Twitter after this happened, people were demanding that, uh, oh, we want a review. We want a, uh, the same treatment for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It released, it had many bugs and stuff like that. They want the same treatment. Do you think that that's the way they have to go now that they've already pulled this trigger once? That's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah, that does set a precedence for any game that people can say they're not satisfied with. So I think, I think we'd have to find a a trusted third party, not just the consumers and not the developers, but like I'm saying, the the companies that are selling the games, or or we had um, like uh, how do you say like an industry, the subject matter experts in the industry. Like uh, when you when you see movie reviews, it's not just you know us just you know tweeting what we think about it 
there's people who are you know specifically okay. do that for a living review movies and they know the art behind movie making so if you had you know other people that are game experts maybe even just the streamers themselves or something like that people that are accredited um have them be the middleman that does that kind of check and balance for the new games the developers that leads into what we were talking about last week it's kind of a tricky situation because then you have a company like ign for example who gets paid to review games uh and their reviews we Mm -hmm. felt like are a little too favorable for the bigger titles uh because is there money behind it? Do they pay for it? Does Cyberpunk pay for ad space on the website? Well, if you go to the website, you will see ads running for multiple games. Very possible. Um, I just, matter of fact, our stream today, I'm watch- I noticed that the stream today for, for the podcast is sponsored by Cyberpunk and Mountain Dew. So you can see that intermingle of two companies. We're gonna get, is there an intermingle between companies that might be reviewing the game? And, and it's one of those things where it's like, you almost want almost like a nonprofit organization that will do reviews. Kind of like how we have the, with the ESRB for us here in the U.S. that sits there and does like, oh, it's an M rating or it's a whatever, E for everyone. There should be something like that too, like uh, E for everyone and B because glitches and where dicks come out and stuff like that, like something weird like that. Uh, you know, we, we kind of need something that's non-biased to give us a legit review for the game. So um, you guys, you can get your full review uh, from, I'm sorry, you can get your full refund from PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, through our website, we actually put the links up so you guys can get your refunds if you want to. Uh, I've already refunded my PC version because I was like, I'm going to wait until this thing's all fixed. I don't want any problems. Um, we have heard that there's a lot less bugs in the PC, but there are still bugs in the PC version. You guys get your money back from that if you want to. I think it's probably best. And then just wait for them to make the game better before you go and invest your money or wait for it to be on sale and it's worth the bugs. Uh, that's the best way to go. Uh, looking at the time here, we do actually have time for a quick, quick, quick Mandalorian review. So... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this real quick. We'll go and do that Mandalorian music. I love that Mandalorian music. It's so like Western space. Uh, Jonathan, you said you're up to the like second to last episode, right? Okay. So what's yeah. the last thing you saw happen? Uh, maybe second episode. <laughs> Is Boba Fett involved yet? I can't remember. I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. Boba Fett now got his armor at the end of the episode. And... Uh, they went. They went and got that guy that Bill Burr, uh, I can't yeah. remember his name. Bald guy that was with them previously, and they okay. freed him to help them. That episode's really good. Now, did you notice? Oh, okay, so spoiler alert for the second to last episode of Mandalorian. Okay, for everybody, season eight or uh, season two, episode eight, episode <laughs> shit seven. Uh, did you notice that he? Okay, so he takes the helmet off, right? Now, what's really interesting, and that somebody pointed mm-hmm. this out to me, really good acting on Pedro Pascal's point. He sits there and he turns his head whenever he looks at somebody. He doesn't use peripheral vision ever, because normally he has his helmet on always. So he doesn't know how to turn his head like like normally like and you can yeah. see in the same scene Bill Burr does the side eye and, and he looks around peripheral vision wise, but Pedro Pascal because he normally wears the helmet even when he doesn't have the helmet on he's always turning like his head like this, where he's turning his whole body his whole upper body and then even when he looks down he like leans forward to look down, and that was pretty smart on Pedro Pascal's part to think how would Mandalorian do this. That. Yeah. Well, he's probably gotten kind of used to that the physical aspect of it in that's a good in point, the armor yeah. in the acting of it. So it's probably easy to be like, Hey, you guys don't see this, but I have to always be doing this yeah. whenever I'm doing something. You have to turn. So to convey that into that's a good character. Point. Yeah. It's probably something that really he's always had to deal with. Uh, it reminds me of, and if you guys, it'll ruin Batman's for you. So I'm sorry about this, but Batman movies. So if you're looking at the first Christian Bale, Batman and before the cowl is connected to the shoulders. 
So Batman can't turn his head either. So watch the movies, especially the older ones, and you'll see him like turn his entire body to look at Catwoman and then turn his entire body back. Uh, and later on, they, when they, when you guys remember Lucius Fox sets him up with a new set and he's like, oh, I need to wear like, it'll protect me from dog bites. Um, they actually separate the cowl and the helmet. But before then, uh, they're connected and he has to turn his entire shoulders and stuff like that. And I just thought that was a really good point, uh, really good acting from uh, Pedro's side. That's episode seven. Now, on to episode eight. Again, I'm going to try not to spoil anything for anybody. Um, but we did have a really good conclusion. We uh, we set up a lot of spinoffs out of this one. So we already knew that we were going to have, you know, Asaka's spinoff. Um, we have Boba Fett's spinoff coming up. And they've set up what that'll look like now in this one. We we got to see the conclusion of kind of this dark. Well, actually, it didn't really fully conclude. But we saw the Dark Blade stuff coming forward and stuff like that, which is all these Clone Wars things. Dave Filoni makes. Uh, he's one of the co-creators of Mandalorian, so you'd expect Dave Filoni's work, and you see a lot of Clone War stuff in there and Bad Bat Bad Batch in there too. Um, it had an epic ending, and they actually used. How do I how do I say this as well? They used some de aging. At one point, and I think this is the best de aging I've ever seen. Let me know, guys, on on or let us know on Twitter and stuff like that. What do you guys thought about the de aging used in Mandalorian recently? The best I think I've ever seen, and we've seen de aging before in Star Wars, and it looks awful, right? You guys, you remember in Rogue One, like Moff Gideon and how they did like Princess Leia. <laughs> it's like some bad CGI. <laughs> looks really good. Yeah. Um, and then of course they had the very sad ending. Of course, everybody was you know everybody's talking about how much they were crying at the end of Mandalorian season two. Uh, I have to give this thing a full on A plus. I do not hand those out lightly. The last A plus I gave was the premiere of Mandalorian. Uh, so I have to give this a full A plus. It was fantastic. Um, I mean, I remember like the, up to the last like 15 minutes, I was like, this is a solid B. I'm, I'm fully entertained. Really good. Oh, Hey, we've got these characters back. That's neat. Uh, we got some good story finishing. They did. Oh man. Whoever directed this episode, I think it might've been. Kevin Feige, actually, now I'm thinking about it, uh, directed this one. Uh, they did a really good job of, like, there's these, like, dark troopers, they call them, like, these robotic troopers, and they did, like, a lot of these shots that were, like, zooming in on them and stuff like that, like, dun, dun. like, it was almost 80s overdoing how bad this threat will be, and I really liked how much it intensified the situation, uh, and then, so, yeah, up until, like, the last 10 minutes, I'm like, this is a solid B, maybe B+, plus. the last 10 minutes, last 15 minutes, maybe, jumped to an A-plus real hard, uh, they excellent. It was an excellent job. They did a great job. So, let us know, guys, what you guys thought about Mandalorian season two finale. I mean, I of course loved it. Uh, and Jonathan, you got to let me know, man, when you watch it. What do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm I'm happy for yeah. all the Star Trek and Star Wars stuff that we have going on. We live in like the I feel like the best yeah. generation of yeah. sci-fi entertainment well, right I, now. I mean, so. I'm I'm hard pressed to think Mandalorian might be the best in Star Wars. What do you think about that? Yeah, and well, I mean, this is kind of this is the new, new generation of Disney owning Star Wars. They've popped out some, you know, pretty good movies, and now there's this is this is where they're going. So I hope yeah. they just keep turning over rocks and finding new yeah. avenues I, to I make amazing this, content. I, I'm like just this. saying, like, I mean, I think this beats the new the new trilogy. It probably beats the prequel, and I think it competes with the original pretty well. I mean, it's just yeah, to me, it's hitting every corner. I'm really happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it is better than all, yeah. all of Star Wars we've had previously, pretty much. But it, it is, is also hard to compare a series versus, a, you know, movies. But it's, yeah, it, I, I just hope yeah. they, they don't stop with this one. Like, hey, we nailed it. This was good. All right. 
But yeah, keep finding, even just creating from scratch. You don't have to take somebody who's been in, a, in one of the movies in the past to, to make a spinoff. Let's create some new characters and new worlds and stuff like that. That's one thing that, that cool is from them. kind of worrisome is in the first season, there was really uh, very little, if any, um, references to side character to uh, established characters already. The second season had many more established characters through Clone Wars and stuff like that. So we do have to kind of be a little bit concerned by that. Like, okay, are we getting, you know, is it going to become too commercial? Is it going to be all about, oh, yeah, now let's watch all the Jedis do stuff, you know, and, and it become a little too common. Hopefully they stick a little bit more grounded like they have been and, and really doing great. And then you brought up Star Trek. Star Trek is killing it. Guys, Discovery is so good right now. Uh, they just did a two-parter that was, uh, man, really, really well done. Um, yeah. And then we have we have more Star Trek on the horizon, too. So it's all good for us. Very good. All right. We're moving into our top five child, uh, childhood Christmas and Hanukkah gifts. Um, we ended up going to Twitter this, too, and, and, and hitting up all of our, our podcast pals and stuff like that, see what they think. But we'll start with ours. Uh, Jonathan, let's start with you, man. What was your number five top childhood Christmas gift? Um, well, I didn't quite put them in like number order, um, but I remember. Uh, so, so one of my favorite gifts I remember as a kid because we lived in the '90s, right? Was uh, yeah. having a CD player, an actual like. I remember in the house we always had a, a CD player for the whole family and stuff like that. But I actually had my own little. I don't remember. I don't think it was like Walkman brand or Discman brand, but it was whatever the <laughs> Walmart was selling that time. But uh, uh, you know, you actually have your own headphones and. You felt like a cool kid because you could walk around and listen to whatever music you want to listen yeah. to whenever. Um, and it was just like revolutionary. It wasn't a cassette player like we used to have before that. So I remember being excited to have my own. I remember listening especially to Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, nice. on a CD in my little CD player. Yeah. I, th- I want to say the first CD I had was the Space Jam soundtrack. It was so oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember how and much remember the Prince of Egypt? We used to play that one over and over oh, again. Yeah, actually, it's funny you bring that up. We were in Discord bullshitting, and then we were talking about like old animated movie songs we really liked, and I brought up some uh, Prince of Persia ones that were really good. Remember how Prince of Egypt? Thank you, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, uh, you remember how easily everything skipped in those old CD players? Oh yeah, you <laughs> tap it somewhere, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, just restarts. You can have just a wisp of a scratch on that disc, and it's gonna sc- it's gonna yeah. skip like crazy. But then there was that, oh, I'm going to be a DIY and fix my CD. So there's all kinds of like tricks yeah. and methods you hear from other kids and how you get the scratches Peanut out and butter stuff. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My, mine, uh, mine's going to be uh, TMNT action figures. The old uh, Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Turtle action figures. I had those and I had Power Ranger ones, but the, the, the Ninja Turtles were my favorite ones. And I remember setting them up against the Power Rangers often uh, and wrestlers. I used to have wrestling ones too. And I would set them up in like these big action scenes and just like make this episode of TMNT you know, out in the back or whatever. And uh, they were really cool. I'm looking back now. They did not have a lot of like features that you remember from my like, commercials. Like what now with karate chop arms like that? No, these were real basic. Like they just had movable arms and, you know, sockets and stuff like that. They were so cool. And they had their own little weapons. Um, Mikey, my favorite one had like the little nunchucks and stuff like that. You could put in their arms. It's all plastic. And I remember how cheap the little rope chain thing in between the two sticks are and stuff. But man, uh, I mean, hours of fun with just something so simple. And I don't, I can't imagine that being a thing that kids are into today. Like, just like, here's some action figures, play, like, create a world with action figures. Like, it doesn't seem like kids could do that nowadays, you know? No, their attention span's too short nowadays. I don't think kids are as creative as they were when we were little because yeah. uh, the internet, you just watch, you know, TikToks and YouTube videos <laughs> and stuff, and it just puts the creative stuff in your brain versus you having to generate it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sad. All right, what's your next one? 
Uh, I think my next one's gonna be Pokemon cards. Nice. I don't know if you remember, I, we were both way into Pokemon, oh, yeah. so every birthday or holiday or whatever, if the parents or aunts and uncles or whatever couldn't figure out what to get us, it's just, hey, get me some booster packs or get me one of the, the another starter yeah. pack or something like that. And they always thought it was a waste of money, like, it's just paper cards, and they're right, but... <laughs> <laughs> Very right. Oh, man, it's so cool. You remember, like, Miguel, too, whenever we'd go to flea markets, we would be, like, experts at what's a fake uh, Pokemon card and what's a real one. Like, yeah. even the parents wouldn't really get it. We're like, no, 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 but see, there's a little bit of a fog here. Like, we wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or that star is not the kind of star it's supposed to have. Somebody edited it to <laughs> try to make that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, those are classics. Uh, okay, so yeah. uh, my number four will be the Simpsons soundtrack on CD, actually, is on CD. Uh this was before like DVDs were out and you could buy like the set of Simpsons on DVD or anything like that. But I had the CD for it and it had a bunch of the in-game or in-game in-show music that uh, like the cult went, oh, went yeah. home or joined the cult. There's all from like the first 10 seasons. Um, and I would just play it over and over again and stuff like that and memorize all the songs and stuff. Uh, because back then, the only time you watch Simpsons or anything really was like after schools while you're doing homework. Remember we had the TV in the corner of the kitchen. Because you and me, we squeaks and stuff like that. We all, they all had scheduling problems. You and me were brothers, so we had many of the same experiences in this stuff. But yeah, yeah you'd come home and you'd watch Pokemon and Simpsons while you're supposed to be doing your homework right there in that kitchen table. Uh, but it's yeah, funny that's... to remember back. Yeah. It's, it's funny to remember back in a time where it wasn't, you know, oh yeah, I'll watch this when I'm done with my homework or I'm done with the game or or when I feel like it. It was, oh shoot, it's you know five o'clock. That one show's gonna be on. I need to sit in front of the TV and put it on the right channels i could see it yeah otherwise i'm not gonna see it exactly or set up the vcr to record it or hope that like well i hope this rerun is one i haven't seen yet and if it isn't it's like well okay <laughs> that's fine but you know i've seen this one a few times because it's the same reruns i'm so spoiled these yeah. Days. <laughs> yeah it's crazy let me stream something like that wasn't a thing but all right what's your next one all right uh i think next is gonna for me uh, that's it's hard to put things in yeah and you don't necessarily order. need to do my number order uh, yeah, I'll probably have to go with the Tamagotchi. Okay. I remember uh, when I was I was pretty young when I got my first one. I was, it had to been like maybe seven or something. Like that. Just a regular traditional Tamagotchi. But then a little bit older, at like ten or something, uh, just after Toy Story came out, or I think like a year after Toy Story came out, um, I got the Toy Story version of the Tamagotchi, which looked like Buzz Lightyear's little ship. His little yeah. the packaging oh of this. Oh my god! I remember character. that. Yeah. <clears throat> But but the character in the Tamagotchi was one of those little yeah. aliens, the little green ones from the cloud machine, and I loved that thing. That was fun. I mean, it's the kind of little little toy game thing you could sneak to wow. school and nobody really sees it. You could play with it in class, and if you yeah, you, know, you just got to be careful because it makes beeps and sound, and noises. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I totally forgot about that one, but I, I can remember exactly what it looks like. That's a trip. Like it's one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. is Tamagotchis. Um, man, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> it's classic. Uh, there's a few things when I was looking at Tamagotchis, I found, you remember Yakbacks? It might be a little, oh, where you yeah. like say something into oh, it and then say yeah. it back. And it was like, that's so stupid nowadays, yeah. but it was amazing back then. <laughs> and it could only do like five seconds, yeah. but we were like, oh, you know, you can record your, you know, your grocery list or a memo to remind yourself and yeah. stuff. And it's like, it's amazing how technology just evolves and integrates yeah. Yeah. so quickly over the past you know 20 you years you could not entertain a kid with that they're like yeah my cell phone does that while i'm doing uh, many other things yeah yeah exactly all right my next one this is uh from the late 80s is teddy ruxpin uh this one i think is before your time it was it's a teddy bear it, it came with its own cassette tapes in the back and you could like talk with teddy ruxpin and stuff like that um he would 
I remember his mouth was like very mechanical. He could hear all the gears move and everything. Like, bruh, bruh, bruh. And uh, he would talk. And then he came with a cassette. It was like like a puppeted uh, adventure that him and this like, I want to say a big caterpillar went on. And I remember watching that a bunch. Whenever Grandma Martin would babysit, we'd be watching the Teddy Ruxpin tape. And I'd have my Teddy Ruxpin there with a little cassette to the back. And bruh, I think he broke like almost right away. But um it's one of those gifts that's like you look back at and you're like, man, I just I wish I could remember more of it. I remember it fondly, but I don't remember all the details and stuff like that. And it's just such a classic gift. It's a little Teddy Ruxpin. It's a really good one. I wonder if that was in a movie or a TV show or something like that where where they were trying to find trying to get it or something. Yeah. It's a classic what, I'm gift. Thinking, oh, it's sunny, but I know that they, they had that little robot one. Uh, <laughs> oh my episode. god, yeah. Oh, that robot's that? great. I like how they bring the robot back. To, <laughs> off topic, but they bring the robot back and they're like, well, no, he's not yours. I mean, you're a grown man. You don't need one. Here's a t-shirt. <laughs> they give him a shirt later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, oh, so you stole my toy when I was a kid. Well, at least you're bringing it back. Thanks. And they're like, oh, no, no, you don't. You can't have it yeah. back. We're just showing you and saying, sorry, we stole yeah. it. <laughs> like, uh, okay. That's so good. Renewed for four more seasons. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, John, what's your next one? All right, I think next is going to be the, the PS1. Uh, yes. I don't remember what year we got it. I, I don't even remember, actually, if it was a Christmas gift. It might have been a birthday gift. But uh, I remember playing playing after the N64, of course. That was, like, a huge system for us. But then the PS1, uh, especially, I remember the Spider-Man game we got for it, I think, was one of the first ones. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a lot of that fun. That Spider-Man game was good. I love collecting all the skins and stuff like that on that game. Really good. What are the PS... I mean, we had Spyro on there. What other PS1 games did we have? Uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure we had one of the Tony Hawks. I know we had Tony Hawk for the N64 as well, but um, yeah. was it Crazy yeah. Taxi? Was that on PS1? No, that's Dreamcast. That was good though. That's Dreamcast though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember, but so many I, good ones. Yeah, yeah. All right, my next one is the Game Boy Color Yellow. Well, our Pokemon Yellow. It had like the Pokemon Edition Game Boy Color. Uh, I remember you having that. Yeah. Yeah, this was um, at a time. This one came from mom and dad, not Santa. So I knew about it beforehand. And then she actually let me play it for a bit before she wrapped it. And I, oh man, I would think I burnt up a couple double A's before she even wrapped it. And then I could not wait to open that up again and, and dig into it. I I had many hard days at school because I played throughout the night playing Pokemon Yellow. And uh, what a classic game. We had I had Pokemon Blue before that, but something about Pokemon Yellow was just so good. I think, of course, it's got to be Pikachu following you around, right? Um, it just took up so much of my time, and it's really a great game. And that particular Game Boy I have still on the shelf over there. Uh, it had, if you guys remember, yellow on the front, blue on the back, and Pikachu in the corner. And was just like this collector's edition version. And I just, I had to have that one. Um, so much fun, and so many AA batteries. Really, really good game. Yeah. What's your next one, John? So it's funny you mentioned that because my next one isn't the actual Game Boy itself, but it was Pokemon Blue. The uh, oh, wow. one yeah, right Pokemon before Blue's that. Because I, I don't think yeah. I ever played Yellow. You had that. I didn't have it. But um, I went from Blue to Gold, which Gold was also good. But I like the original yeah. Pokemon the best. The just, was it, 165 oh, yeah. or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, Pokemon Blue. I think it was one of my favorite. I think of the Pokemon games too, I played that the most versus all the other ones. I remember us, you know, getting the cord out and having the old Game Boys next to each other and trading Pokemon back and forth. And then the, uh, you remember catching, like, what was it, No Number or No Name or something like that? Yeah. Because you can multiply the rare candies. I think we did that. that. And that was the thing. Was like, wasn't that a was ditto trick? Things... 
Had no, a... it was something. I think you could multiply Ditto, but <coughs> you like traded. He looked actually. I think he maybe looked like Ditto or something like that. Oh yeah. But you had to go down yeah. to the water and catch him. Uh, who remembers? Yeah. But it was one of those things. It was like it was almost like recess legend. Yeah. Like hey, this is what you do, you know, and, and you would like tell your friends and your cousins about it and stuff, and, yeah. and everybody would exchange. Revolutionary. Oh man, the time. hours. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was huge. Uh, all right, my last one, uh, and then we'll go into that. Was that your last one, or was that? Uh, yeah, that was my last one. That was your last one. Okay, my last one is going to be the N64 with Diddy Kong Racing. Mm-hmm. We poor. I mean, this has to be the system that got me addicted to gaming. Like before this, I played video games. After this, I was a gamer. Yeah. Uh, I know we tried 100 percent the game. People, a lot of people don't know that you can go to space in that game. You go to space. You help. Remember, there's that chicken and stuff like that. You had to like unlock the billboards. I know Miguel and I were working on that a lot. Um, man, that game we we put some hours in. The pig, you remember you had to unlock the pig and then you had to do it again to unlock the pig again. And see, we put out and I, I remember us doing this stuff and I remember playing the game with you guys, but I remember not understanding how you get to these <laughs> like secret levels and stuff like that because you're yeah. five years older. So I was, you know, just a wee little turd, but there's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much I don't remember, but especially like the uh, Star Fox on the N64 as well. I think that was my favorite. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised that was your favorite one, but that's really good. Put the heck out of that. Um, I remember, so <laughs> back then when you wanted cheat codes, or not even like cheat codes, but just how you do things. Because remember, you had to like kick the frog into this pond to end up opening up one of the zones. Um, so to to do this, you had to go t- to magazines to find the answers. It wasn't in, on a website. And it wasn't like we were going to buy video game magazines. Are you crazy? It's expensive. Why would you do that? So when we'd go to the store, the parents would go shopping. We'd go to the magazine aisle and read what we could. Maybe tear out the power you need and put in your pocket. But, you know, packet save. You remember, I remember exactly where it was at, packet save. Um, and then, yeah, you find out, like, oh, we have to kick that frog and stuff like that. And then you quickly try to remember that, go home and replicate it. Uh, again, kids nowadays with the internet, they're just so spoiled. They can just Google it and figure out what they got to do. Yeah. But that's how we had to do it back then. Uh, any other uh, memorable or uh, honorable mentions or anything like that, John? Uh, no, not that I could think of. It took me a while to remember those five. <laughs> Yeah, I remember right. we got the NES, but I think you were real young at that point when we got the NES. Uh, Aunt Sarah actually gave it to us, and we went to a holiday Christmas party, and we came home, and then she put it in the back of the vehicle of our vehicle with a, from Santa, and then eventually the parents called around and figured out who gave us an NES. It was Aunt Sarah. She gave it to us, um, and then we played uh, Mario Brothers on that thing, a uh, Super Mario Brothers. The parents actually got big into Super Mario Brothers at the time, um, and then I remember very well. Playing with David, our cousin David, and Miguel would be in front of us. And back then, you know, I was the pain in the butt older brother. So we'd have Miguel in the front with a controller not plugged in, thinking he was playing. While me and David were in the back switching off between Luigi and Mario back and forth. And, um, man, that was, that blew our minds. Because at the time, it was like, well, who gave us an NES? It was the the hot ticket at the time, you know. Yeah. And, um, and so for us to have that, I think we got, I mean, it came out in 85. I think we got it in like. 89 so it was it had been out for a bit but it was still like holy cow and nes um man that was epic too but that was that's an honorable mention then shout out to Aunt sarah for that gift that was really cool all right so we went on to the social medias and we asked our twitter uh, our podcast pals and twitter pals and stuff like that uh some of their favorites we have fgc podcast said their favorite was playstation one with crash bandicoot i'm currently playing through crash bandicoot and uh yeah those are not easy <laughs> Do you ever play any crashes? No, uh, I, I've tried them. I think I think the only amount I played them was when they used to have the little um, displays or demos at GameStop. 
and I played it yeah. enough to realize, yeah, I don't really care for it. So, it yeah, yeah it's just not my, my cup of tea. I like Spyro, and that that's what I was hoping it was going to be like, but it didn't really feel like the same kind of game. Yeah, it, it's yeah, Spyro is a little more open world and stuff like that. It's it's a good one. That's the one I played the most, but yeah. Uh, Kyle of uh, Monumentous Kyle played, uh, he liked the N64 with Goldeneye and uh, with Ocarina of Time. I mean, those are the two of the most like legendary N64 titles ever. Uh, everybody remembers Goldeneye. I don't know if you remember, John. Remember when we used to have to do split screen on one screen, like four-way split screen, trying to do multiplayer shooters like that? <laughs> and you're sitting like four inches from the screen so you can try to see. <laughs> yeah. And like, of course, don't look at my screen. Don't yeah. look at my screen. Like, how could you not? Elbowing <laughs> each other. We each have nine inches of game screen to look at. Of course, you're going to see the other person's screen. Yeah. Uh, Scott, who moderates our Discord for us. Thank you for that, Scott. Uh, he also says Goldeneye and the N64, of course, just a classic. Um... We have Talking Shiz podcast said Ecto One and the original Ghostbusters. Remember Ecto One? It's the um, the uh, old ambulance that they use. Oh yeah. It was the toy version of that. Oh. Okay. And then it had all kinds of the little uh, props up on top and stuff like that. And the original Ghostbusters. And then they also said that they liked the TMT party van. Do you remember the party van, like the bright yellow van that had the Ninja Turtles all over it and stuff like that? I don't remember any of oh, that. Oh man. Yeah, I think you're too young, man. You're yeah. about five years too young. Yep. Uh, we had So Wizard Podcast said that Cobra Terror Terror Dome, I, the box art for this thing's insane. So what it was was, it was it looked like a stadium, but it was like uh, where the GI Joes would attack Cobra, and uh, the box art had like so many different Cobra and GI GI Joe members fighting, and it looked like a scene from the actual show, um, this epic thing. And then of course the Terror Dome itself was like the light blues and and, and grays of the actual show. So a really good pick there. We have uh, I Had to Say It podcast said the NES with the Legend of Zelda. Do you remember on the NES, the Legend of Zelda's cartridges were like that bright gold? Oh, yeah. 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 This is the first one. It had bright gold cartridge for the NES. I wish I was good enough back then to play this game, but I was too young to really be good at it. But man, classic. Uh, Pop Cannon says the TMNT sewer hockey. I looked this up. What this was was a like a foosball table where you had... Um, like a stationary hockey players that were all teenage, uh, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you were able to play basically foosball with hockey uh, over this thing. It was really cool. Again, the box art back in the 80s and 90s, they knew how to do it. Um, it looked really cool. It actually had like Mikey playing on one side and stuff like that. It was really neat. Uh, crossover Collision said a T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Uh, man, Jurassic Park. I couldn't tell you how many times we watched that back in the day. Yep. Uh, they had the big T-Rexes and they had the ones that like actually had roars from the show. That's what it looked like he was talking about. Uh, that's a good one. Do, you, do we have any of those when we were growing up? We had, we, I mean, we had all kinds of toys and, and like action figures and stuff, but I don't know about about the like sound activated or whatever the. Uh, or I, I, as much of... as we watched Jurassic Park, you'd think we'd had a bunch of Jurassic Park toys, but I don't remember any. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but we, man, we watched the hell out of that show, yeah. out of that movie. Uh, okay, the next one is from We the Listeners podcast. Said Big Megazord. Now, here's the thing. I didn't have a Megazord, but I was jealous of hell as anybody who had him because I remember we'd be in church and the kids in front of us, I remember very well, had like all the different pieces. They would come together to make the Megazord. And of course, while I should be paying attention, I'm sitting there watching them play the toys and thinking I should have that. Uh, it's classic Megazords. They're actually making a comeback. You've seen a lot of these Megazords being made now. Um, that's a good one. A few more here. Um, we have Potato Lady Podcast, which, by the way, great name for a podcast, Potato Lady. 
her, her pick was the Easy Bake Oven. Uh, I never had an Easy Bake Oven, but I remember wanting one because they like, I don't know how, but they would pull out like full on muffins out of those things. Like, I don't think an Easy Bake Oven can actually do that, but you'd pull out bakery sized muffins out of those. Jeff Feitner said the Honda ATC 70. This is a three wheeler, Jonathan. Huh. Man, I, I know that's my reaction. It's like, oh, I remember three wheelers. You try not to flip them. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'd spend so much time. You got the. That's one of those things where I remember we'd have the older cousins, Jeffrey and Matthew. They would be like driving them and we get to ride on them with them. Yeah. And of course, they would like always try to put it on two wheels. And the parents would like, don't do that. You know, because they're super dangerous. Yeah. Um, we might have been lucky enough to have a couple three wheelers in our in our access back in the day. That, that's a classic one there. Uh, we have Book of Lies. They said Book of Lies podcast. That's really good. good buddies of the podcast. Guys, check them out. Uh, Pac-Man and Asteroid games back in the day. Pac-Man's great. If you could memorize Pac-Man, you're set. That was hard to do, but I know I know of people who did. Uh, we had the I used to watch this podcast. Said the Firefox remote control Jeep. Classic RC car. Everybody loves the RC cars. Capes on the Couch podcast. They said that their favorite was the original Game Boy. Uh, four AA batteries, about three hours of play. Um, yeah, I played like a lot of time. Five pounds, they will have you break. <laughs> yeah. You could take out robbers if you need to. If you see them running down the street, just throw your Game Boy at them. Uh, I had, I think my favorite old game on that was, the, well, we were, of course, Pokemon Blue. But they had, remember um, the Tiny Toons game? You remember the Tiny oh, Toons game yeah. on that? Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. It had a lot of classic games like that. I also remember, I don't know if it was a game. I think it was like a, or it was like one of those uh, accessory games or whatever. It wasn't like a full game. Uh, was the camera that you could put into your Game Boy. Whoa, yeah, you, and it had a printer. Yeah, it had a printer, yeah. So you could take pictures <laughs> and stuff. You could type text on it and stuff like that, and it would print it out. It was really poor quality picture and printing. Oh, yeah. But back then, it was like, oh, my God, I'm my own, like, production studio over here. I could totally print yeah. whatever I want. <laughs> like, you felt really cool. I remember even I was showing somebody when I was, like, 10 years old or whatever, and it was a police officer that was at our school for something, and he was like, oh, so, you know, you'd be able to, like, take a picture of a license plate and print it out, huh? And I was like, I could. I could be a private investigator with this thing. <laughs> I remember thinking that, like, I could totally be, like, <laughs> using that to tell people or something. That's funny. Oh, but, man. Now I'm imagining you out in the parking lot, like, <laughs> taking pictures. Uh, I remember that. Man, that was, like, the first selfies, really. I mean, that's, that is great. Big old blue thing that would hang off the top of it, too. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we have Derek, uh, who said he liked, his favorite was his Nintendo DS with Mario Kart and Pokemon Diamond. Nintendo DS Classic. Got a lot of hours on that machine as well. Uh, that's a really good one. Thank you guys for participating. We have a few more, too. We'll, we'll put them up through it. We've been we re retweeting them and stuff like that on the social medias. You guys check them out. Um, but yeah, so many really great gifts. And it's just kind of fun to remember our childhood throughout the gifts. You know, I know it's about so much more about being with family and stuff. But um, it's kind of good to remember the, the childhood fun that we had. Um, but yeah. But I think that's about it. Do you have anything else for today? I'm good. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful ho uh, holiday with your family. Stay safe out there. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. We're going to be going over the best of 2020 and what to expect in 2021. See you guys then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. 
Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.